Listeners, today's episode of Associations Thrive is a little different. Last month, I had the opportunity to sit down with four other podcasters in the association industry, Dave Coriel, Kiki L'Italien, Ben Mascolino, and Dave Will. We talked about what we're hearing and learning from our podcasts, how associations are reinventing themselves, and just how interconnected we all are. Be sure to listen until the very end after my outro for the bloopers. Enjoy. This is exciting. This is the gathering of the podcasters, some of the podcasters, right? We have all chatted before about the podcast community here in the association community, and we put out content and support each other. And we've tried to get together at ASA Annual. We have, some of us have. We've pitched Podcasters Unite as an ASA Annual session. So we're doing it on our own here. We're going to get together, and, and this is great because we're going to talk about what we see in the community, what we're contributing to the community, what we're hearing from the community. So before we even get started, why don't we do the quick round robin and do introductions? I'm going to MC a bit and go with the OG podcaster from this community, Kiki L'Italian. All right. Kiki L'Italian, Association Chat Podcast since 2009. Well, it wasn't a podcast in 2009, but Association Chat started in 2009. On Twitter. Oh, right. On Twitter, ass and chat, most pornographic sounding <laughs> hashtag ever. Thank you. Yeah. What I'm doing right now with association chat is figuring out what 2024 is going to look like. This is actually a great excuse for going back through the previous year and planning what's going to happen next. So that's what I'm doing right now. Awesome. So I'm Dave Coriel, President of Delcor, and this is my fifth season of Reboot IT, the 501c IT podcast. And for this season, we're focusing on a couple of different things. One is keeping up with Microsoft, because we all know what hamster wheel that's like for most IT professionals. Another one is ask the Delcorians, so I can align some Delcorians with what's being asked in the community. And we're, of course, focusing on topics like cybersecurity and artificial intelligence, things that are important for us to keep on top of. And then lastly, what we've discovered is one of the one of the titles that leads to more listeners for some reason is Dave's Worked Up About Blank. So I'm going to get worked up about some stuff this year. We're going to have a series. Of Dave got worked up about something. So that's what's going on on Reboot. And next, the effervescent Ben Muscolino. Hi, everybody. Ben Muscolino, the association podcast that I co-host with Gretchen Steenstra and, and of course, Jake Chewy, who kind of founded the effort with us. It's really interesting. It started out as a webinar series, actual disruption that we started during. Webinars are so disruptive. Yeah. <laughs> so cutting edge. We can get into this deeper. You're so right. You're so right, Dave. Such a good view. Web seminars. Web seminars. Rebels. They're the same. <laughs> you know, they were so structured and so much work. Not that I don't love doing webinars, but the purpose of bringing everyone together and kind of acknowledging what was going on around us, the unstructured, structured yet slightly more unstructured discussion that we decided to start having around podcasts. We migrated that from a webinar series into a podcast and never looked back. It's been so much fun. It's awesome. Next, Joanna, who has been one of the IT leaders in this community since about the same time I was, is uh, 
built a fantastic business and now has joined the community of podcasters in the last year or two. I'm also really new to podcasting. I've only been doing it for about 14 months. I'm honored to be here. I'm Joanna Pineda, CEO and Chief Troublemaker of Matrix Group International. And Ben, like you, this podcast actually came out of a planning meeting for our webinar series. We do a showcase twice a year and somebody said, you know, we need to tell more of these stories, so let's do a podcast. And I thought, oh God, a podcast. But here we are 14 months later and what I do is we don't have themes for the podcast. I interview CEOs, chief execs of associations and nonprofits, and I ask them about their CEO journey, and then I ask them what their organizations are doing to thrive. So I never know what I'm going to get in my interview. That's cool. We should talk about that for a second too later, about scripting versus frameworking versus just going at it cold. Last but never least, my friend Dave Will. So many things I want to say, first of all, because I'm bottling up all my little no, skip it. I know you. So intro. Was that it? Am I done? Yeah, you're done. Thank you very much. <laughs> What's the name of your podcast, Dave? We'll allow you to say that. He asked me earlier, Dave, why are you so quiet? Because I knew when I opened my mouth, that's what was going to happen. Number one, I'm really glad Kiki was the first one to go pornographic in her language. Good job, Kiki. Number two, I actually think of the five of us like the Hobbit, the what's it called? The Battle of the Five Armies. Here we go. <laughs> Wait, who gets to be the Hobbit? I get called the Hobbit every day. I don't want to be a Hobbit here. Yeah, I think that's precasted. Oh, okay. Ben gets to be the Hobbit. I'm going to represent the trees. Nice. So, wait, I am actually curious about what Dave's going for here. So keep going, David. No, that was the end. Oh, that was the, all right. My name is Dave Will. I'm the co-founder and CEO of PropFuel. I have a podcast called Association Strong with my brother, Tom Morrison. And Association Strong is the intersection of entrepreneurship meets associations. That was the original premise. And the reason for that is Tom and I, you know, we've been on a number of vacations together. We're friends and our spouses have met and hung out and stuff. So we have a professional relationship, but we also have this personal relationship. And we'd be sitting on the beach with a cocktail and we'd be debating and arguing over exactly the stuff we talk about in the podcast. So we thought, wouldn't that be fun to record it? And now we bring guests in and we ultimately, at the end of the day, what's in the back of my mind is that intersection of where associations and entrepreneurship meet. I'd like to elevate both of those if we can. So that's what's kind of cool about, you know, you said the battle of the five armies. I don't see us battling anything. Well, if you remember correctly, a lot of them came together, Dave. A lot of them did? Yeah. The elves and the... Yeah, the elves and the dwarves and the humans. And the hobbits. And the trees. And the trees kicked in it. The elves seem cool. I think I want to be an elf. I'll be an elf. You're a little arrogant for me, though. I am too. So, you know, it's great. They're beautiful, just like Kiki. I think Dave's trying to get us back. Go ahead, Dave. All right. So, yeah, before we go too far into the lore and legend, and they weren't friends before. We've all been friends a long time, and we've all known each other a long time. So what I think is cool about it, though, is we all do have a different focus. I think what spurred part of this, even getting this together when I was trying to get us together at annual was, I don't, and hey, this sounds really bad. I don't know if people are paying enough attention to us. Hey, everyone, look over here. You know, we're putting together this content. It's not sales content. It's not marketing content. Correct. It's just discussions going on in the association community that, you know, we have different focuses around success versus, what you know, culture and, you know, like you said, the intersection of entrepreneurship. 
Ben, I'm still not sure what you're doing. But other than that, it's all good and it's good content. No, Ben, you guys have great, awesome conversations. We all do. And, and I just wanted to make sure that it's out there. Talk a little bit about maybe one of your favorite podcasts that you've done so far. And then we can talk a little bit about what we're learning as we're talking to all these people, right? We're out there having these conversations. Let's share those thoughts. What's your favorite podcast, Mr. Will? Dave, which one have you done that you love the most or, you know, feel like is a good example? It's pretty inconsistent, which is a theme I'm hearing in this group where sometimes we'll have association execs talk about their association, their issues and how they resolve them. And then other times we'll have some keynote speakers talking about generational issues or looking into the futurists talking about what's coming down the pike. Those are always super interesting. But the ones that I find the most interesting are the actual, the regular association execs. Nobody that's going to get up on a stage and talk. You know, it's somebody that we pull out some intricacies about how they're doing their job that's unique that everybody could learn from. One that comes to mind is Guillermo Ortiz de Zarate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he goes by G. He works for NCARB, National Council of Architectural Review Boards. And so NCARB is obviously an association, but they have under G's tutelage, they've created this thing called Lineup. And Lineup is basically a, a for-profit software company. And they're not the only ones to do this. There's a lot of associations that have created this for-profit entity as a revenue-driving entity under the umbrella. So it's uncommon, but it's a really successful revenue-driving machine for a lot of organizations. And coming from my perspective, where I'm interested in taking entrepreneurship and finding that intersection of where it meets with associations, I mean, that's a perfect, perfect example And so I can think of one or two podcasts like that. But the one I did with Guillermo was called, uh, it started with Innovative Ideas. And then the title went on, but it's, it was back in 2022, Innovative Ideas. And you, just being this, you also host the podcast for EO, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have another podcast. That's actually something I'm super entertained by because... So it's called EO360, Entrepreneurs Organization 360. And it's another association I belong to. So I belong to two associations, ASAE and Entrepreneurs Organization. And for EO, I do their global podcast, 18,000 members worldwide. And I've had some really, really cool guests. But there it's like a human interest story. I've interviewed the founder of Reebok. Wow. Like the guy that actually came up with the name Reebok. Super, super cool. Interviewed a lot of really interesting people. This guy on the cover of Time magazine that is reversing age. And then the, who's the guy? Paul Hutchinson did a a movie recently on rescuing abducted children. So you're doing, you're having a breadth of conversations there too, but your intersection is still entrepreneurship, which is cool. You know, because you're bringing that to this community. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's, it doesn't always go into how to be a better entrepreneur. They're not really how to as much as to, really get to the core of what makes an entrepreneur tick and from the association side, what makes a thriving association tick. That's what I'm going for. That's awesome. I want to jump in with one point. So it is funny to think back and think, well, what are my favorite episodes? I think I have favorite episodes and I have favorite guests and like, you're not supposed to pick a favorite child, right? Exactly. Oh, you totally do. Yeah. But It's really interesting. Like we've had some 
really incredible people like Dr. Jason Leahy from Illinois Principals Association, who is very much an entrepreneur who launched ELN, which is Ed Leaders Network inside of IPA as this extension. We all work with associations. Illinois Principals Association is a state-focused principals association. And yet he launched this grant program to create micro-credentials and go to colleges and get them to accredit those things. And then like drag this thing across 16 other states and like replicate the model. He's built this juggernaut of a business inside this little state education association. And so for me, I look at people like that and he just makes me want to get up and run a 5k and like start 10 more startups. And then you get people like Ron Moen on. And what was the name of Ron's episode? The diamond in the end is worth the pressure in the process. And everyone here knows Ron. I loved his episode because he got up and kind of moved around his office a little bit with his laptop and showed us some things that were on his whiteboard and some prompts that he uses with his staff to create this super productive culture. It's just been so much fun looking at the dynamic of like the different topics. Like we just had this big ADA topic that we did recently. We had this woman that was recommended by another guest who I'd never met before that goes in and does consulting around conference ADA compliance and, and things like that, which is a very different vibe than when I had Dave Will on or Rob Patchen, who's very, like super about his mission over at AAP. So for me, like I have favorite episodes and I have favorite guests. And that's one of the things where you, especially having multiple co-hosts too, I love the, we have this cadence and these features within our podcast, but there's kind of an unstructured nature of it. And man, I freaking love it. Did you say intrapreneur? Yeah. What is an intrapreneur? So if you Google it, I'm sure it'll give you a definition, but what it is, it's someone that creates from within instead of what you might think as an entrepreneur to create something kind of wholly singular. He created something new from within. Right. From within a structure, like an existing organization. Yeah. So for him, like, and I've known him for a long time, he was a customer of mine at the AMS company that I worked for. And then he followed me to my consulting business. And when I left that, he followed me to my next consulting business. And when I took over the community software business, he followed me there as well. And so we probably all have some of those customers, right? But to the extent that you get to know someone and watch them grow their career and build things alongside while you're doing it and kind of do these things that are so different and yet so similar and parallel and feed off each other and learn from each other. I feel so fortunate to kind of be able to like wrangle those conversations together and share them with people. And something you just said, Ben, around the whole piece of, you know, we all know Ron Moen. Yeah. It's almost like a toss away comment, but it's so true. And and your part about following and somebody followed me here and then, and we've all known each other for so long. I feel like a lot of people outside this community don't get that. They don't get that in whatever community they're in. That yeah, there's these connective points and tissues that have happened for so long that we've got to see each other. I mean, Kiki, you're a Delcorian alumni. I am. That's right. Back when you were here, you started the Sweet Spot, which was before podcast. Well, podcasting wasn't a thing yet; it existed, but that's true. I was live streaming, man. I mean, it was yeah. Yes, you were ahead. You were webinaring before webinars. And so (laughs) we've all been together so long. So these trends that we've seen that we can talk through, and I feel like some of that's what you do on association chat is connect from the past to the present and to the future when you're having these conversations. This is the thing when you, like I met somebody new at the gala 
for the association uh, Power of A, see it's before noon. So I met someone as I was leaving and you would have laughed so hard, Kiki. And she was this, it's a beautiful woman and we're all standing there and I'm next to Cynthia and a handful of other people. I think Gretchen might've even been outside. And this woman was like, this is my second day at the association and I've new to the association market and I'm standing around and we had all been drinking. Most of us had known each other for years. Oh my God. And I looked at her and I said, welcome to the show. Right. That's it. Welcome to the family. Yeah. Because it is a little bit of a throwaway, that connective tissue that you mentioned, Dave, like people that come in from outside the industry wonder how some of these, you know, everyone knows each other. And I, I take it for granted a little bit how long it took and how hard it was to kind of like learn the industry, learn the people and learn all of it in the dynamics and who to look to learn to and all of those things. Yeah. Well, isn't that part of why we're podcasting, right? Yeah. Because there's all these great stories about how people are moving up through the ranks at associations. And there are all these stories that aren't being told. I think each of us has had guests where we were blown away by what they said. And you're thinking, why isn't this a session at annual? Why wasn't this discussed at the tech conference? And I think that's part of why we're doing all the storytelling. Hey, speaking of storytelling, Ben and Dave, you talked about entrepreneurship. What I have found in my podcast in the last, you know, 14 months is the organizations that are thriving are reinventing their organizations and bringing an entrepreneurial mindset often to their governance, but much more often to their conference. Some of them have said, you know what, the conference is great, but we needed to blow it up. Others have said, you know, we've seen this slow decline, and it's the slow decline that's dangerous, right? Because you don't think it's a huge crisis, and then it is, you know, five years later when all of a sudden you're at a third of the attendance you normally have. But it's the organizations that have been willing to blow things up that are doing really well. I love that point because, and I just met a woman, I was at a holiday showcase a week or two ago, and we had this conversation about change and embracing change. And I think what you just described is a cultural thing at an organization. You have some organizations that resist change. Sometimes it's evident in the IT department, and sometimes it's evident over in membership or marketing, where they're just trying to keep their head above water and they're doing everything the way they know how because it's the easiest path. And then you have other organizations that are looking for ways to change things. And as a lot of entrepreneurs say, they're working on the business when they're looking for change, not in the business, which is a phrase I kind of get sick of, but it's a pretty good phrase. We got to remember to work on the organization, not in the organization all the time. Yeah, there's certainly, and part of what you just, you know, we're talking about connective tissue and we're talking about history, and then you're pulling out this theme of the change and the reinventing. One of my favorite CEOs that I talked to talked about going to their staff and saying, listen, we're not a nonprofit association. We are a, here's our mission. Here's what we're in business for company, digital company that happens to be a 501c, right? That's what we are. We are a digital first company. We're providing all the product services, events, value proposition through our digital platforms. Stop thinking about certification, meetings, accreditation, continuing education, et cetera, standards as our product. That's just how we get to what our mission is. But we need to make sure we're a digital company first. And it sounds, you know, we well, some of us cringe, some of us embrace the digital transformation phrase. But the bottom line is that's where 
we're talking about not just having the same old meeting and watching the five or 4% attrition happen year after year. So I love that you're sharing that you're seeing these reinventing organizations. I'm totally jumping in and like bringing this back to the a question that you asked earlier, which is about the themes and best episodes and stuff like that. I've noticed that for association chat, it's been around for a little bit. The reason why, the why behind it, the episodes, why those episodes have changed exactly because of what you guys are talking about right now. And that is the fact that the association industry is changing or needs to change. And for association chat, I think in the beginning, it started as, you know, I know in the beginning is the reason that I started the podcast was because at that time, Twitter was 140 characters or less. It's very hard to talk about things like value proposition in 140 characters or less. And so it was like, okay, how can we talk about things, bring people on to talk about more in-depth topics in an hour's time, say, and get into it. But over time, it's gone from being, let's talk about these topics like value proposition to being things like having some of my favorite episodes, Seth Godin talking about marketing for associations, Max Brooks talking about when the pandemic started, I asked him, what does the author of World War Z think about all of this since you wrote the book literally about what happens when there's a pandemic that breaks out a little more dramatic what happens when you have Lou Rosenberg on and you have him in 2019 talking about Swarm AI and using the ability to augment human decision-making with AI. And I think that what has happened for me, at least over time, is that I've looked at the podcast as not just reflecting you know, what are the things that people are talking about right now, but what should they be talking about? And like, where do we want to see things change? Because to Joanna's point earlier, this blowing things up, we know probably like, you know, the majority of association executives are not feeling like blowing things up at any given moment, right? Like they don't want to do it. And so how do we get them there? How effective it's been? Dave, I don't know. Like, I don't know, DC, how effective it's been when I look at the history of association chat. Is it pushing some of those conversations forward? Is it making people like Ron Moen ask questions and begin to explore in different directions with their associations? And I think sometimes, yes, and maybe that's enough. I don't know. But Kiki, some we probably all get texts from some listeners who'll say, what a great episode. I'm sharing this with my staff. So when you get those texts, you know that you've impacted someone and maybe you've sparked a conversation. So I think about Russ Webb from the Bay Area Apartment Association, who has his FOMO event strategy. His annual conference is never at the same time or the same place or the same format. That's kind of cool. And when I mention that to clients, they kind of gasp and say, well, we could never do that. And I'd say, okay. But it's kind of an interesting thought experiment, right? Or I think about Vince Tellucci. He's the CEO of the International Association of Chiefs of Police. Chiefs is in their name, but if you're not a chief, you can still be a member. I think it's called an associate member, but they weren't getting those people. So they started talking to them, and there were two things happening. The more junior police officer said, I didn't know I could be a member. And the chief said, wait a minute, this is a chief's organization. Mm-hmm. There was a culture change that had to happen. So there are changes like that that have to happen, or maybe they have to happen, but they don't necessarily happen. And that's what leads to maybe some organizations struggling. And I think you said associations are changing. 
I think the climates are changing. Oh, society's changing. Yeah. And so they have to change as a result. Yeah, absolutely. And the ones that, you know, are not changing, it's to their detriment. Also, I'm conceited. The truth is, is that, like, I think people should pay attention to this stuff that I'm talking about. Like, I really think they should. (laughs) Of course they should. Yeah. Kiki, I totally agree with you. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad, Kiki, you said that because I find that fascinating. You're conceited. You think people should listen to that. I'm selfish. Mm. And I don't do it for anyone else to listen to. And quite the contrary. Like, oftentimes you hear hosts of shows like Larry King or people that have really done this professionally for a lifetime. And they're always thinking about the audience and what does the audience need? I'm so selfish. Both the podcasts I do, I don't do that. And I'm not saying this is correct or the best way to do it. I'm just telling you, I'm pretty selfish about it. Are you doing it for you? I do it totally for me. And I ask questions that I'm interested in. I ask things that get me stimulated and engaged in the conversation. It just so happens that I'm so average in just about every way. It also happens to be what a lot of other people want to know and listen to. So there is an advantage to being like, it's funny in high school and college, I always thought like, I'm so average in every single way. I say the thing everybody's always thinking, and this happens to be the place where that plays well. I don't care sincerely, and I mean this sincerely, I do not care anyone listens to the podcast. Do we have a BS button on our panels anywhere? (laughs) Right. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm calling BS on that. I'm fascinated you think that, DC, because I really and sincerely do not care. My interest in the podcast is what I get out of that conversation. I love talking to people, and that's what I care about. Now, don't get me wrong. If I'm doing a webinar and promoting something for Propule, I want an audience, man. I want to get up on stage. I'm a bit of a showboat and I love attention. No, you're not, Dave. Shocker. The podcast for me is all about the conversation. And I mean that sincerely. I mean, with everybody, though, come on. If you listen to all of our podcasts, I think we're all curious and we want to have the conversation. I've actually listened to all of your podcasts and I listen regularly. And you're great interviewers. And I think that's the secret. Well, thank you. I share the same feeling about all the ones that I've listened to. And I think there's also a certain level of energy we all have. I know Ben has more energy than the rest of us. (laughs) That shows everywhere, but... Before noon or afternoon. Yes. Four out of the five (laughs) of you are amazing. Four (laughs) fits, so you're really, really good. So proud of four of you. Four fits are great. I don't know. I think that's probably true, Ben. I think you probably do have a ton of energy that this is part of your outlet. It is. And you are always talking to people. I mean, you know, if I see you at anything, you're holding audience and holding court and you're talking to people all the time. So why not record it, share those conversations, right? Yeah, that's fair. I appreciate that. I mean, to be honest, I do randomly call people sometimes just to, I like to shake trees and like I have the energy to do it and I just love it. It is a little bit of a selfish pursuit, Dave Will. And I agree with you, like I cherry pick sometimes like the people I want to hear from and I want to hear them talk about this thing, but I feel so proud of the fact that I can record it and put it on a platform that I know other people are going to listen to. I almost look at it like when I'm giving presentations, which I love presenting, but I have a very casual presentation style because I like to pull people in and I like to get reactions out of people and make sure they're listening. Even if like 
half of it is just to make sure that they are listening because it's always, for me, it's that one or two takeaways. And I always tell people that when I'm presenting on a topic too, it's like, we're going to spend 45 minutes together. I may touch on a few things, like do me a favor and narrow in on one or two. Or like when you see it, like raise your hand and be like, that's mine. That's the one that I'm going to take with me. And by the way, I'm going to leave the room now. I don't need anything else, right? And I try to find those moments in our podcast. I don't want to like put us up on a pedestal, but I think that because we have podcasts, not because of who we are in the market, but because we have podcasts in the market, people look to us to feel connected to the industry, to the guests that we bring on, to the topics that we talk about. And so I feel this responsibility to like try and cover stuff and have it unstructured and like dig deeper. And that's the thing I hated about the webinar series. I love a good webinar and we were putting so much time and energy into the polish of it. The podcast is so the authenticity of it. And the fact that I have two really smart co-hosts means that I don't know what anybody's going to say from minute to minute sometimes. And it's enthralling. I have a question. I wanted to find out, and it's really a question for all of you, is how has having a podcast changed you ever since you started your association-focused podcast? What changes have you seen in yourselves or in how you relate to people and how you view things? I think that it hasn't really changed me that much. I've always been speaking at conferences and I teach at Georgetown and I've always been curious about what's going on with other people. So it's just another version of that. And fortunately, I, you know, I'm not getting all these fan texts that you all get. So nothing's gone to my head about the podcast. I send you texts, Dave. That's true. I do get a fan text from you. <laughs> You're right. My mother doesn't count, DC. <laughs> I didn't know you teach at, you said at Georgetown? Yeah. What do you teach? Uh, requirements analysis and software design. It's a graduate course in their management, their master's in technology management. I'm ashamed that I did not know that about you. It's out there. It's only been 15 years. So to answer Kiki's question, I don't, I don't know that it's changed me at all, really. I would agree. I don't think it's changed me, but it's given me a channel to do something that's just supernatural for me. By natural, what I mean by that is something I really enjoy doing. It charges me up and the output has been fruitful enough to continue doing it. I actually think it's changed me. I think that I'm a better speaker because I'm so conscious of how I speak that I think I've removed a lot of ums and likes from my speech, which is always a good thing. But there's something else that has happened, and that is I realize how little we hear in normal conversations, because we all probably know this. You go through the interview, then you listen to it before it goes to your editor, and then you listen to it before it gets published. I don't. Oh, you don't? I do. I probably listen to these episodes four or five times. Can't stand my voice. And then I listen to it when it goes out on the podcast networks. And without fail, there will be a part of the interview where I'll say, oh, I didn't catch that the first, second, or third time. And I think what it's doing is it's teaching me to listen more deeply. And it's hard because you're, you're recording and you're thinking about your questions, but it's made me realize that listening is really an art form. And I'll share with you one more thing, and that is I've realized that voice is power. Kiki, you have a gorgeous speaking voice. There's power there, and there's power and meaning in the inflection and the intonations that you have, and it's given me greater appreciation of that. Oh my gosh, I feel so like, thank you. 
I know we have limited time together and we want to keep this going. I appreciate everyone's perspective on that this is a good thing. We want to get some of the other podcasters involved with this joint conversation as well. We'll definitely do that. Are there other things that from the first time we're all together on the podcast that you feel like the 501c community would benefit from knowing about? Like, I feel like one of the things, my observations you shared earlier, Joanna, one of yours, one of mine observations is through the conversations with IT directors, CIOs, CEOs, IT managers, and those outside the association community, you know, recruiters for talent acquisition companies, et cetera, is one of the things this community really struggles with the most is the connection between governance and execution in my world as it relates to IT. The governance and the goals and so on, making their way into the the organization's operations and management in a way that allows IT to elevate the mission, vision, and business objectives, as opposed to being seen as a potential roadblock to the mission, vision, and business objectives. So I want to just take that and pivot for a second or go to a second to what you said earlier, Kiki, because Ben, you brought it out too, which is we don't always know what the effect of these podcasts are. Is anyone listening? Am I seeing change? And change happens, I learned a long time ago, right, in small increments. And I think that's okay. Joanna, you brought that people give you feedback or an email. Ben, you brought up that you have these conversations later and you see people over a longitude of their career and you see the changes happen. I think we should take that as a, that's okay that this is happening in small increments. And as we bring others into the conversation, find out what the changes they're seeing as a possible theme for us to continue this going forward. You know, I joke about being conceited and like everybody should listen to me. Maybe a little bit of that is true. I do believe that it's very important, this role that we play in our space. I think that at a time when you have so many places where you can get information, I think each one of us being able to distill and bring in and bring attention and focus to different areas that we think that people should pay attention to, I think that that plays an extremely important role. And this question about, is anybody listening and and what can we do? I want, I actually, I'll go ahead and claim it. I wish I could grow the audience times a hundred, times a thousand. Like I, I think there's so much more that we could do. I think that we should own our roles and our, what we're able to do in this space. I bemoan the fact that we've lost the ability to reach an amazing amount of people through Twitter, that we've lost a channel that was actually very, very effective, that actually allowed people to have entire movements in countries. And uh, now we don't have that. And I think that what we should look at maybe as our little group here and even beyond those who are here right now is, you know, if we took a serious look at our podcast and we thought more than just, yeah, I really want to talk to Seth Goen or whoever, Sam Horn about whatever. If we looked at our podcast and we thought, okay, how can we have the greatest impact on the association community for real, for real, and like actually carry it through so that we're reaching people in a better way? What would that look like? That's a question that I think we should explore. And I I personally, like, I want to explore that for this coming year. I'm looking at that right now. And part of that is understanding that not everybody wants to listen to an hour-long podcast. Mine's all long form, right? And we were talking about ASE annual, about doing short form and all kinds of different stuff. What does it look like to be more effective in what we're doing? I care a lot about that. And I want to make that happen in 2024. 
Isn't that an interesting topic too? We started out saying we wanted to do 30 minute episodes, the drive time episode. And like, we just published a two part episode with Wes because we were talking about holes in the market. And then we're arguing about like, we should build a software that does this. And they're like, there's no market for it. And like, it ended up being this hour plus thing that we split into two episodes because it was so much fun that we were like, we're not going to cut this off. And the debate was educational for the people. I I agree with the things that you guys both just said, this incremental nature of it. I'm so sentimental. Like I keep this hundred dollar bill for my grandmother that she gave me like 12 years ago in my wallet. Cause I know that she gave it to me with like a Christmas card. And I'm like, I'm just going to carry this forever. She didn't sign it or anything. I just know it's from her. I think it's so cool that we get to catalog the relationships and the lessons and those micro moments on a platform that arguably is like going to like live and be amplified digitally forever. And I think to me, like I've said this since I realized where I was and I don't remember what year it was. I could probably think back, but I say this and I'll say it now, like being on the for-profit side of the nonprofit market is the pleasure of my life and I'm never leaving. And anytime I can find that micro moment to like take something that we know or have learned or that we can learn from somebody else and like put it there on the shelf for someone to find later. It is a lot of fun. Hey, Ben, I heard those two episodes with Wes and it was like being a fly on the wall for a great conversation. I'll just say one thing. I like the storytelling. I had Larry Hoffer from AIAS say to me, I'm so happy to be on the podcast because usually it's the large associations that get the attention. And he felt really happy to be able to tell his story. And for me, that's enough, just to be able to tell the story of these association execs and their organizations and the things they're doing. And some of them are doing quite amazing things, and some of them are quite small. What about you, Dave? Any closing thoughts as we... Well, yeah, I do. I'm grateful to be associated with you guys because over the 20-some-odd years I've been working in the association space, there's probably 20 or 30 people. I've bumped into that have been super influential to me and you guys fall in that category. So Ben, you said earlier, it takes a while to get to know the industry. You're so right. My first ASAE, one of those nights I went out with one of my coworkers and we went to see Batman Dark Knight. That was back in 2003 or four or something like that because I didn't know what else to do. Anyway, I can't imagine taking a night at ASAE annual and going to see a movie. That doesn't make sense to me. So I'm grateful to be here with you guys. Thanks for including me. So wrapping up, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. I know we're all extremely busy and doing our own podcasts, among other things. I'm about to go off to a Tech Tuesday with Reggie that we're we're hosting on ASAE. So let's keep this conversation going. Maybe quarterly, we all get together. We bring some of the other association community podcasters in, find out what they're finding out and take it from there. Thanks again. And um, look forward to seeing you guys in 3D sometime soon. Thanks for listening to Associations Thrive. We're so glad to have you here. You know, my personal mission and the mission of my company, Matrix Group International, is to help associations and nonprofits increase membership, generate revenue, and thrive in the digital space. I want to hear stories of how your organization is thriving in today's challenging landscape. Please apply to be on my show by going to podcast.matrixgroup.net. By the way, do you need help with a digital initiative? Maybe it's a website redesign, a new membership database, or a hybrid meeting that you're planning. 
I'd love to connect with you. Please visit the Matrix Group website at matrixgroup.net. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Associations Thrive. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, leave a five-star rating, post a comment, and share it with your colleagues and friends. Bye! This is solid blooper territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not blooper territory. I, I like it. I really think we need to incorporate this in. I mean, it's it's like the reality. Right? It is the reality. I've never, Dave. Are you are you connected? I've never seen you still or quiet for this long in my life. So I just want to make sure you're not frozen. I'm here, lover. All right, all right, very good. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, ben Muscolino. Um, what am I supposed to say in my intro here, Dave? Just were were you not? You're introducing your podcast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I dated every one of you guys at one point. When did you date Ben? <laughs> we had two go arounds. Wait, wait, was that before or after Dave? It was after Kiki us. <laughs> I'm usually drinking on a Friday afternoon in my podcast, so I'm hanging back right now this morning, <laughs> waiting for you guys to point at me. You're going to nurse it this morning. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> right. I've got coffee this morning. This is Irish coffee. <laughs> is it hard to do this sober, Ben? It's, you know, it is different. That's all. <laughs> all fun, right? Let's Before give you me. a minute to get a couple more sips and hear from I'm Kiki good. a no, little bit. Okay. <laughs>